Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My new album, White Knuckle Life, as well as my other original records, are available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, etc. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. Also, consider helping get the word out in the street via social media, five-star rating and review on iTunes, word of mouth, etc. Happy Thought of the Day is by Eric Clapton. For me, there is something primitively smooth about this music, and it went straight to my nervous system, making me feel 10 feet tall. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Mark Seri Music Podcast. Enjoy! Music Podcast, episode 33, last week's Gigs Wrap-Up. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. It was a fun show, and next week is the start of patio season. Looking forward to that. Thursday, Mr. Brian Keith Johnson and myself jammed out at the YZ Bar and Grill, a.k.a. the Muni in YZ, Minnesota. It was a little slow to start up, but about halfway through it filled in and was an awesome time. Friday, I played a solo show at Danny's in Stillwater, Minnesota. It was my mother's birthday, so a bunch of my family members were out there, and it was a wonderful, wonderful time. Thank you to Danny's for treating them very well. Saturday, Mr. Brian Keith Johnson and myself rocked out at Thirsty Otter in beautiful Balsam Lake, Wisconsin. Great kickoff to our summer season there. Thanks to everybody that came out that night. It was a ton of fun. Sunday, the Mark Sterry Band made its debut show at the Thirsty Otter in beautiful Balsam Lake, Wisconsin, featuring Allie Gray, Brian Liggett, and Brian Johnson. It was an absolutely beautiful day, and thank you to all the folks that came out to support us. So many familiar faces out there, and the band rocked our butts off. Come check us out again soon. Upcoming shows, Wednesday, June 1st, 2016. I'll be performing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 8 to 10 p.m. Friday, June 3rd, 2016, I'll be playing a solo show at Ingredients in White Bear Lake, Minnesota from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Saturday, Mr. Brian K. Johnson and myself will be loading up the old Tahoe heading back up to Breezy Point, Minnesota to rock out at JJ's Bar at Commander from 5 to 9 p.m. Guest this week is part one of three with the Grammy Award-winning harmonica extraordinaire, also one of my favorite musicians of all time, Mr. Sugar Blue. Big thanks to Alaria of Beeble Music for helping me set up the interview and to Kevin Reed for taking photos and videos. Blue and I discuss his new album, Voyage, Big Walter Horton, John Popper, Paul Butterfield, etc. Enjoy the conversation. 
Mr. Sugar Blue. Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. How you doing today, my friend? Oh, I'm awake. <laughs> We're awake. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I just got up from napping my little boy, my little rascal. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. How's yeah. he doing today? Oh, he's fine. He's fine. You know, as long as let him, let him play his drums and, uh, you know, and uh, make sure he's changed and give him his, and, and give him his, Yellow, he calls it. <laughs> Some kind of concoction my, my wife makes up for him. And he's happy. You know? Nice. That's good. Well, here we are. We are at Counter Coffee right outside of Chicago, Illinois, right by Sugar Blue's home. And he was nice enough to meet up with me. Um, I'm one of the biggest Sugar Blue fans maybe that for sure I know of. I've been following him for years and I wish my car was a little cleaner for you for picking you up. <laughs> hey, man. That's all right, man. It's a Pontiac. It's know? a Pontiac. Yeah. I, you know, one of my favorite tunes in the whole world is Pontiac Blues by Sonny Boy Williamson. I found out what my baby like. I found out what my baby like. That's a whole lot of love, that straight Yep. <laughs> I listened to your version of that driving here. Mm. Yep. Um, anyway, so we were talking about uh, Sugar Blue has a new record called Voyage out, and I've listened to it about 2,000 times. We've been using it at our, on our breaks for our shows and stuff, and I was just getting his thoughts overall, what he thought about, what he thinks about the new record. Um, hey man, I love it, you know, I had a good time putting it together, you know, we, uh, um, there are, um, there's only one cover on the, uh, on the CD, and that's a cover by Ray Charles, one of my favorite, uh, one of my, one of my all-time favorite artists. Well I owe Mary Ann, you know you sure look fine, well I owe And um, and the rest of the stuff, you know, it's like um, some of the tunes, man, it's really funny. Some of the tunes that uh, are on the record, I wrote when I was in France 20-some years ago. <laughs> you know, I began writing them, and then I forgot about it. Closed and and closed my little notebook where I keep all keep you know keep all of the stuff that I'm working on, and I forgot about these tunes. Um, one one, for instance, is one of those tunes. It takes one to know one, so the old folks say. It takes two to tango to the piper you must pay. If you dance with the devil, you'll have hell to pay. It's far too late for your tears. That was written. It's one. Yeah, it be it it. I I I started the first verse about 20 years ago <laughs> and forgot about it. <laughs> and uh, I was and I was going through some stuff and I'm looking around because I was looking for some another song that I had been working on recently. And I laid the book down and my wife picked it up and she says, wow, this is really good. I said, oh, Ilaria, it's a, you know, it's a throwaway. She said, no, it's not. No, it's not. So, you know, so I finished the tune and, and we recorded it. <laughs> That's probably one of my favorite ones <laughs> off the record. One, one man's loss is another man's gain. It's a very poetic song. Well, thank you. What's some of your other standout songs you think on the new record, Voyage, here? 
Um, On My Way is one of my favorite tunes. This is a song that I wrote for my daughter. Or at least I thought that I wrote it for my daughter. When I sat down and I listened to it after it finished, I said, well, that's good for me. It's just, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, uh, also, uh, a, song about, uh, a, song, a song about Trayvon is another song that is actually it's the last tune on the album. Uh, it's... Uh, that's that's one of my favorite songs. That's one of my favorite songs. That's good. I kind of like that uh, gospely one, the twelve step one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, twelve steps, yeah. Twelve steps is a tune that I wrote when I was um, when 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 I when I was busy kicking my uh, kicking one of my one of my uh, really bad habits. Oh. <laughs> It's not coffee anyway. We're enjoying this. Uh, no, 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 no. It'll take more than 12 steps to kick this caffeine. <laughs> Who are some of your favorite harmonica players that uh, influenced you the most? Sonny Boy, uh, Sonny Boy Williamson, uh, Jimmy Reed, Little Walter. Let me see. I like I like I like Butterfield. Um, I I remember I fell in love with Butterfield when I heard that um, when I heard um, when I heard the collaboration between him and um, Muddy Waters on Fathers and Sons. Then that's when I really started listening. Actually, started paying attention to Butterfield. All aboard! Toots Tielman, you know, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, well, of course, uh, Junior Wells and uh, James Cotton. Cotton's oh, one of yeah. my favorites. Matter of fact, I even wrote a song in honor of James Cotton. It was called uh, uh, Cotton Tree, duh. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to your wife while you were coming downstairs that one of my favorite songs you guys do is his version of or his song, One More Mile. Oh, yeah, man. You guys still rocking that song? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. It's like, um, I remember, well, I went to, I went up to Buddy, Biddy Mulligan's. Oh, this must have been sometime in the 80s. And, um, and I heard them playing this tune, you know, and I said, oh, man, that's great. I love that tune. 
And uh, when I got an opportunity to get into the studio, I recorded it. Um, actually, I think it's on Blue Blazes. Yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, did James Cotton write that song? Uh, no, actually, Muddy Waters wrote the song. Really? But uh, Cotton's, Cotton's version is completely his own. It's a redo, <laughs> you know? I think it's on his 100% Cotton record. Mm. Yeah, and it's also it's also it's um uh, it's also on an, on a, on a live on, on one of his live uh, I think it's uh, what is that high compression record? yeah I think it's high compression yeah there's that record with that gal's butt right there with all this harmonicas hanging out have you ever seen that cover for James Cotton record no <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one though uh, um I wanted to ask you I read online somewhere that that uh, you worked with. One of my favorite players, Big Walter Horton. Oh, Big Walter, yeah, man. And so I have such a... Well, Big Walter is a genius, man. I mean, you know, I mean, but all of those cats, man, all of those cats were um, incredible players, man. You know, Sonny Terry. Oh, yeah. You know, um, Deford Bailey. I mean, you know, so, I mean, uh, there were so many great, you know, blues bird head <laughs> for anybody that knows he, who he was. So many great, there were so many great harmonica players, man, you know. And uh, then after I got, you know, got steeped myself in their music, I started listening to, well, I had always been listening to jazz. I've been listening to, uh, you know, listening a lot to cats like Miles Davis and uh, Lester Young and... You know, Buddy Tate, Paul Quinichet, and uh, oh, so many players, man, you know. Um, what was Big Walter like, like personally? Was he a nice guy? Was he a talkative guy? Was he a jokester guy? No, I he... Just kinda know it, what he was, I just want to get a feel for that he guy. Was, he so was so unique. But it was a player. Uh, he he was um, you know you know it de- it would depend from one day to to the next you know he could be he could be rather taciturn on one day and jovial the next you know and it just depended on his mood you know uh, I very much like his playing you know. <laughs> <laughs> How does he get that unique? Is it tremolo or his vibrato? Just nobody, so no, nobody, nobody. I mean, he had for me. He had the biggest sound on a harmonica of anybody I ever heard. I mean, it sounded like some of the stuff that he did sounded like he was playing, I don't know, man, you know, it was a tuba-like for me, you know, yeah. I, you know, and and I remember um, sitting down, we were talking about, talking about, uh, talking about with a friend of mine who played harp, and we were talking about, hey, man, how did he get that sound? How does he get that sound, you know, because I went out and I bought a mic like his, and then I... And uh, and then I got me a really old amplifier, and uh, I spent a lot of time working on cupping the pro- cupping properly, and I never could get that huge sound that he had. 
But the guys, but you know, one of the guys said, "Well, you got to look at it. You got to look at how he's built." You know, he's like he's a, his, uh, you know, from from his chin, you know, to to his to the to his right eye bone, is twice as big as anybody. He said that makes it. That means he's got a sound box that's huge, and his hands, man. He said they make two. They said man, he's got hands like basketball player hands. Wow. And I noticed that, and I said, yeah, wow, that's right. You know, he's got a huge sound box. You know, uh, you know, I mean. My God, I mean, come on, he was one of the original masters, man, you know. Do you remember when you first met him? Oh, uh, yeah, I met him, in New I met him in New York City. i never forget it, because he had on a white fedora and um, a black pinstripe suit, and he looked, like, he, looked like a, he looked like a gangster from the 1930s, man. <laughs> you know, but a big red carnation stuck up in his lapel. Really? And, uh, oh, my God, you know, it was like, it was the first time that I had gotten to see um, one, of the, one, of the, one of the masters, and I was blown away by it. I was blown away by it. I mean, I just, I sat there and, and, and just felt like I was bathing in the light, you know. Oh. Yeah, man, it was really, it was a great opportunity. And when I came to Chicago, uh, every night he played, I was there, you know. Every night he played. I, I, didn't miss, I didn't miss one. Wow. One thing I think he's underrated for is I like his singing. Like that record he did with Carrie Bell with Have a Good Time and, and uh, what other songs do you sing on there? Christine and... I love his singing. Yeah, well, you know, there's there's a record that he cut called Cotton Patch Hotfoots. Never heard of it. Oh, you never. Oh my God, you better hear it. And he's playing playing with uh, just him and a guitar player named I think the man's name was Jimmy DeBerry. My God, it's an incredible, incredible tour de force. Marvelous, wonderful harmonica playing. I mean, you know, I was like, wow. <laughs> And it's all and it's all acoustic and it sounds like and it sounds electric. The sound is so big and so warm. Wow. Yeah. Um if you haven't heard that Folks, get out there and dig you up a copy because it is well worth every moment you put into finding it. I'm going to take you up on that and look for that one for absolute sure. So studying these guys for harmonica players, harmonicas generally for the cross-harp stuff are ten-hole instruments, and a lot of the blues guys like Big Walter spent a lot of time, didn't, muddy, didn't uh, Howlin' Wolf call it the, the meaty end of the harmonica, like the really, really low end? Mm. Um, what made you more explore a uh, lot of the higher end of the harmonica? Uh, well, I was I was born and raised in New York City, and um, I and there weren't very many blues players in New York back in those days, and uh, so I was hanging out with a lot of jazz guys, you know. Uh, and uh, you know, it's like like I was saying, you know, Paul Quinnichet, um, and uh, Sammy Price, keep the boogie woogie piano player from Texas. 
and um, Buddy Tate, great, uh, and both of these guys um, were uh, tenor saxophone players that had played in Duke, in, in um, Count Basie's band, and uh, and I was and I was hanging out and playing with those guys, man. They were saying, you know, hey, you got to learn how to get, move around that instrument a little better than that, you know. So, um, you know, they they basically sat down and taught me a few things, and told me to go home and work on it. And they said, well, you should you should listen to um, you should listen to soprano saxophone players, clarinet pla clarinet players. And I was like, okay. And um, I was working with a guy. Um, he called himself a rag, he, he called himself um, a ragtime. Um, he played a ragtime guitar. Uh, Larry Johnson, uh, a really great guitar player. And um, he gave me a record by uh, Sidney Bechet. Said, I want you to. I want you to sit down and try and understand what he's doing, and 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 absorb as much of that as you can. And next time you sit down and play with me, I want you to play some stuff like that. And he said. He said, because I'm, you know, I'm playing a Piedmont style, and uh, the little Walter and big Walter stuff don't work with what I'm doing. And so, you know, I took it to heart and did the best I could with it. Oh, it's. Uh such a unique style. What other harmonica players kind of do that? Uh, like you have an element to your, in your toolbox, so you can go the real fast up the higher notes, the harmonica. Um, who's some other fellows that, that do that? I know uh, John Popper is one. You, I don't really know of anybody else that does that stuff. No, I'm trying John, to copy it. John, <laughs> John Popper, my God. I taught John Popper. <laughs> Uh, he was like he was he was a little pudgy boy, <laughs> and in, in um, and I was doing a gig somewhere. Let me see, with Louisiana Red in New Jersey somewhere, and he was in the audience. Yeah, you know, and uh, and uh, we talked for a little while, and you know, and, was, and he was very interested because in, he was like, "Wow, you know, I only know, but you know, like from." from hole one to hole five or six, you know? And it's like, well, there's a hell of a lot more harmonica <laughs> than above, ab above hole six, and you gotta be able to handle all of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I, it seems like I started something. <laughs> You know, but uh, that's good. You know, that's good. You know, I'm I'm glad that people's that people liked what I was doing well enough to to imitate it. Well, I'm gonna I imitated every single day of my shows. You are to me. I'm like one of your disciples. Like you are the you are like they do say online. Like you're one of the masters, the inventors of the modern blues harmonica style. And pretty much in my eyes, anything you you do goes. Like you are just the premier harmonica player 
in the world to me. Well, um, thank you. So man. I just really, really like it. Um, and uh, so, what year do you think you started playing all that high, st- that fast stuff? We'll talk about the Stones and stuff later. But were you uh, doing that in the seventies? Well, I was working on that stuff in the seventies. You know, um, you know. I mean, well, let me see. I guess I was doing that. I guess I was doing that as far back as. Uh, uh, let me see. When did I start playing in the? I started because I started. I started busking and playing and playing the streets of Manhattan in the. Uh, I'd say about seventy six, seventy seven. And I had been working on, you know, I had been working on that kind of stuff, you know, and, and I was also a part of the loft jazz scene back in New York. And I had been working on, you know, um, just familiarizing myself with the, uh, with the entire range of the harmonica. And uh, so I guess I'd been doing it since, since, since the mid-70s, yeah. Nice. Uh, while we're talking about the harmonica itself, well, I'll ask the other stuff a little bit. But uh, uh, we talked about driving here that uh, you're a tongue blocker, not a lip purser. No. You I started as a lip purser, right? Yeah, I started as a lip purser and, uh, and thought it was pretty good, you know. And then a friend of mine told me that, you know, Sonny Boy and uh, Little Walter, uh, you know, uh, and Big Walter were, you know, tongue blockers. And I was like, what the hell is a tongue blocker? <laughs> <laughs> And um, and then uh, and 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 then I and then I then I really sat down and listened again to a lot of the things that these cats were doing. I was like, "Damn, how are they playing chords and single notes at the same time?" And then I understood what I had to do. And for about two years, all of a sudden, I couldn't play a lick anymore because I was busy trying to figure out. Uh, what the heck it was that they were doing. So I went, I, I mean, you know, I went from in, intermediate back to, uh, back to kindergarten. <laughs> but it was well worth the time. It was well worth it. it and, I'm, and I'm very appreciative. Um, actually, the cat that, taught me, that, that told me about that was a guy named Bill Dicey. Last night I had a dream. I dreamed that I died. You know, good old Bill, man. Yeah, he was great, great harmonica player. Played upside down. I never could figure out how in the hell he could figure out how to play the damn instrument. <laughs> and, he's, and he was like, "Well, I can't play it. I can't. I can't play it with the numbers facing in the right direction." He said, "Cause I started playing like this, you know." Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's hilarious. So do you, what kind of harmonicas do you use? Do you prefer the wood comb or plastic comb? Uh, I, played the, I, play, I played marine bands for many years until, they, until Honer came out with uh, Special 20s. And, man, you know, I used to burn up my... T- I, I mean, you know, because, like, if you practice a lot, the wood swells. In, um, in, in, at least they did in, in the old days. I don't know about marine bands now because I, I don't play them much anymore. Um, I, I play special 20s. You okay. know, I play special 20s. As, um, you know, I've got, I've got there's, I have a saying. If it ain't a honer, it ain't a harp. 
<laughs> you know, um, you know, and and it's like you know there there are lots of different brands out there now. Um, you know, Chinese harmonicas and Japanese harmonicas and God knows where, you know, and 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 South American harmonicas and whatnot. And I t and I tell people all the time, excuse me, you like Little Walter, you like uh, Jimmy Reed, you like uh, Sonny Terry, uh, you like uh, I can't remember the guy that plays for War. But he was one, uh, but I, I liked him a lot back in the day. Actually, he's got a harmonica line. And when I say, but all of these guys played their best stuff on Honer harmonicas, you know. So you know, That's if you got it, if you got a good thing, stick to it. <laughs> um, when you played live. Um, like a song I want to ask you about in a minute. So you go, you always twist your hand. Are you shutting the mic off? Or shutting the, when you, cause like, um, let's say for one of my favorites, I was going to ask you about that song, uh, Ain't Got You. Mm -hmm. You always twist your hand on the mic. Are you shutting off the volume? Uh, yeah. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, sometimes it's like I either shut, I'm either cutting that volume off or I'm, or I'm adjusting the volume. Okay. Yeah. I was always curious what that was. Okay, um, so that this podcast is about a half hour long, but I was hoping to ask you a few more questions. You mind sure. doing a part two? Sure, go ahead. Okay, uh, so every week I do a story behind the song segment, and one I want to ask you is off your Blue Blazes record, I Ain't Got You. Um, what's the story behind that song? Oh, my God. Well, that, that's, that song um, is one of... Um Billy Boy Arnold's classic tunes. It was another, it was another great Chicago harmonica player, and, um, and a man that I've admired very much for his songwriting and singing, as well as his harmonica playing. And I heard that song, and I went crazy for it. I was like, yeah, man, this, I gotta record that tune. And um, so Rico McFarland, um, James Knowles, and I got together on the tune, and we uh, came up with uh, we came up with a with a version that was very close. We tried to be stay close to the original, but uh, you know, warm it up a little bit. And uh, and well, I mean, I thought I thought we did a pretty good job on that tune. You know, it's a great tune. It's probably one of my favorite songs you've ever done. I love it. But I do have to ask you a question. My, I started this little blues band, and I was, we were trying to try to cover that song. What's the lyrics in the first verse? I get lost there. It's a something knows. <laughs> huh? <laughs> I'm trying to think how the, I was trying to, to figure out the lyrics. I got an Eldorado Cadillac, boom, boom, with a spare tire on the back, back. boom, boom. This and I, charge, I got a charge account at Goldblatt, boom, boom, but I ain't, ain't got, got you. you. Then what's the next one? Go like, ain't got you. Carport up front or something I, like that? Yeah, I got, I got, oh, I got, Hell, if I'm not playing it, I can't remember. <laughs> That's really funny, man. You know, because you know, it's like you know. You I don't get... know how it runs. Oh, um, got a car phone. I got a car phone. I got a car phone. 
<laughs> a car phone. And but I remember how it runs. <laughs> That's it. Oh, well, I'll get it all ironed out. <laughs> anyway, Mr. Sugar Blue, thank you for being on the Mark Stare Music Podcast. Please stick around for part two. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you or your business are interested in advertising on this podcast, please contact me via email at Music at gmail.com. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time.